Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Mm. Producer Brett, you want to ease into the new year? Some of us might not have had to Advil yet. Just kidding. (laughs) Welcome to the Yahoo Sports Fantasy Podcast. It is 2019. I'm still Liz Loza. That over there is still Matt Harmon. And over the digital waves, airwaves, Dalton Del Don is joining us as well. Hello, gents. Happy New Year. Oh, wow. Happy New Year, guys. How's it going? Great. What's up, Dalton? Uh, Is this the first time the three of us have done a pod together? Outside of the one where I crashed before. Is it? I don't know. Yes, I believe it is. Yeah, I think it is. Well, this is great. Well, this should be a lot of fun. Um, I I get really difficult when Liz is around because she tries to, you know, <laughs> hog all the attention and everything. So I I need I need some I need some attention on myself. So this should be a fun podcast. So Dalton, did you do anything exciting for New Year's? I was just going to say I don't know how exciting or attention seeking I am, man. I I was asleep before midnight. I tried my best. I was watching a movie, fell asleep. <laughs> what were and, you uh, watching? I mean, yeah. My. my- my neighborhood, uh, First Reformed, this movie is supposed to be good. I, I'm trying to kill all the, the uh, I was going to watch Roma. I was going to watch Roma, but I, I couldn't, I couldn't do the subtitles. But um, anyway, it, my neighborhood went nuts at midnight. So I know I, I did wake up then, but, but you live on I was a getting farm. up earlier. Wait, 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 the farm I do not live nuts? in a farm. No, <laughs> yes, I live did. in a city. Come on now. Calm down. I live in a city. But anyway, I was going like on a ski trip the next morning, getting up early. So that's my excuse. But I am so boring. I was asleep before the new year even turned. So uh, yeah, you guys are definitely the more exciting group, a, a, a part of this podcast. Matt, what were you doing other than nursing the hangover that I gifted you with? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Liz destroyed me the day before uh, at brunch, and but New Year, <laughs> New Year's Eve, I was I was pretty good. I was out, um, I was out with uh, an associate, and uh, Ooh, we went over. We went over Can we get an we went over to, We went over to a friend's place, my friend's place uh, afterwards, and we just the four of us hung out uh, for New Year's. It was pretty chill, pretty low key, which is what I like. I I don't think uh, New Year's is better when you don't try too hard. You manage expectations about it. Yeah. Um, I was in wine country. It was fantastic. Um, that's all needs to be said. There you <laughs> I was go. in wine country without my kids, with my husband. Let's make sure everyone yeah, knows good. that. With my husband, not my kids, in wine country, Paso Robles. It was fantastic. Heads up, there's an amazing, if you're traveling to the central coast of California, Peruvian restaurant in Suena Media Peruana. So um, in the middle of 
Paso just gorged myself on incredibly homemade tasting Peruvian food. I was following you on Instagram and your stories looked like you were living your living your best life. Best life. All right. Well, we are going to look into the future for much of today's episode, but we have to recap the 2018 fantasy season, what we got right, what we got wrong and what we can improve on. But first, you know, they say that coffee kind of uh, coffee with a shot of Gatorade can cure a hangover. So let's pour some. Coffee talk. Just to be clear, it's the third. Are you still hungover? <laughs> I mean, you take the first off. I got back in town on the second, also my mom's birthday. Sup, mom? Shout out. I like. <laughs> Oh, Brett. The damn, the damn noisemakers. <laughs> Gotta go. Well, you know what? You know what? who's been causing a ruckus since before the first of the new year is Antonio Brown because he wants to be traded. And there is a small precedent for star wide receivers getting traded in the offseason. You got Brandon Cooks, obviously, Percy Harvin, Chad Ochocinco. I would say that one of those three worked out better than the rest of them, but probably not a star as big and bright as A.B. It's early. And it's unlikely, right? Like, this isn't going to happen. But let's pretend because in the beginning of the year, we're still hopeful and thinking about different things. So let's play a little Madden franchise mode and say he does get traded, even if it's unlikely. Dalton, I'm going to start with you. Where would you like to see him go? And you can't say the 49ers. <laughs> First of all, uh, it's funny we're going to say we're talking about detention seekers earlier. And uh, Antonio Brown was just on that Fox Masked Singer show yeah. last night. Um, I didn't I don't watch that, but it's funny that obviously he filmed that before he was in the news right now. But it was fitting. Oh, come on. That's exactly where I was going. The Niners. Are you kidding me? Of course, I'm going you there. You can't get Jimmy OBJ G. and they, Antonio they, Brown. Uh, that's true. That's true. You can't get both. So we'll just settle with AB here because he'd be perfect. They, they do need they get a number one opening there. That system. I don't even know if I would want that as a Niner fan as far as spending your resources or, or the money on a number one receiver there. And I don't know. Do either of you even understand the contract? I've read conflicting things. Can they trade him? Can they not? I personally am just assuming this will all smoke smooth over but but who knows yeah my thought is that it probably this is something that we talk about all offseason I mean this is not the first time this Mm -hmm. has happened remember in the offseason uh there was some former Steelers like I don't know employee or something who was basically saying like AB should be thankful that uh you know Ben Roethlisberger brought all his success and he quotes that was the in guy, the offseason that was in the beginning of the pre- regular pre- season yeah. yeah 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 right 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 or was it was it actually during games it was during games because then he said trade me yeah, and he said, find trade out. me and find out yeah right. I mean let me tell you I I got to meet him over the summer and and uh, my buddy franchise spent a lot of time with him you know because he's a EA Madden, Madden cover artist and he's an interesting fella. He's, he's definitely an interesting guy. Here's I'm, where I think it might be a little more likely, because the argument obviously is that this is a brilliant star with an incredible skill set, arguably the best wide receiver in the game right now. But if he can't win games for you because he won't make himself available for key games that will, could and would launch you into the playoffs, then the argument of having a guy who helps you win is void because he didn't help you win. And I, I hear you. That's that's the thing is that he did obviously just like pretty much sounds like straight quit on the team or, or whatever. Um, I think Pittsburgh needs to take a look in the mirror as a whole because they continue to have these dramatic stories pop up. And I, I think the common denominator is probably obviously the organization and their quarterback, too, is a is a drama queen in and of himself. I'm not letting Antonio Brown off the hook, but you want to talk about going to help you win like that offense in week 17 was a mess after going back and rewatching that game. And I think it's because they didn't have their 
primary number one receiver. They don't have another guy on that team that can command coverage and can beat man-to-man defense like Antonio Brown can. It's a huge loss if he's not there. It was That was the most drastic loss we've seen all season, despite the fact that they haven't played with their starting running back all year. And, and why, is, why does Roethlisberger throw everyone under the bus like that? I don't know. It's, it's just frustrating. Now he's saying that Le'Veon Bell was a distraction. I mean, that really, yeah, they got off to like a 7-2 and two start. Because I mean, no one silly, stops but. him, Dalton. Like, who's going to stop him? Who's going to discipline him? Like, they need, you know what? The, this is when, and go ahead and at me, but this is when I can't believe there hasn't been a woman head coach yet. Because we are mothers who do not put up with any of that. And I feel like I would I would want to discipline these kids. Like, th- this is not <laughs> the way you act. Like, you do not get gold stars for acting like a child or a toddler. P.S. Antonio Brown to the Browns is the most inspired 2019 prediction possible. I love the idea of the Steelers need a mom. The Steelers need a mom. Steelers need a mom. <laughs> you know what? Liz Lowe's is going to clean up. <laughs> <laughs> you want it. like a mouthy blonde lady up in your face? No, you don't. I don't. No. All right. Um, so Black Monday happened and there were a lot of takes and we're con- going to continue to make them because the Dolphins, Broncos, Jets, Bucks, Bengals and Cardinals all fired their coaches. You lost assistance in Jacksonville. You lost assistance in Atlanta. You've got vacancies in Green Bay and Cleveland what 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 of the of the stuff that we're hearing to you? I'll, I'll say right now, like I like if if uh, Jim Harbaugh, right, Jim, the one in Michigan, Michigan Jim Harbaugh, Michigan yep. Jim, <laughs> if he leaves Michigan and comes back to the pros, which is another rumor, I like him going to the Jets. Like he's a college coach. There's so many young pieces there. I feel like he could rah rah them up. I like that move a lot. Um, although McCarthy is being attached to the Jets, uh, McCarthy and. Um, one more. Who is the other guy? Biannimi passed flat on the Cardinals. They were like, no, yeah, no, yeah, next. Yeah. That was pretty shocking to me. Well, I'll just say on, on Jim Harbaugh, Michigan's like already sick of him too, which this is what happens every time Jim Harbaugh goes anywhere is, is it's g- greeted with great fanfare and then not long after they're sick of him and they're ready for him to get, get the hell out of here. In your milk yeah, it doesn't matter how elsewhere. successful you are. You gotta, you gotta go. As far as Mike McCarthy, it is interesting. It sounds like he might sit a year out because as you mentioned, like the Cardinals, they offered him the keys to the kingdom, mm-hmm. you know, full personnel control, which by the way, Cardinals. Come back to this. Like what, <laughs> what, 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 what in Mike McCarthy's like ledger as a, as a head coach says he needs to have all control? I think he deserves probably another shot because at one point he was a good head coach. I think he just wore out his welcome well, in Green 12 Bay. 12 years ago? Yeah, right, right. So, I mean, I mean, freaking John Gruden's out there getting $10 million a year from like 20 years ago. So I, I think that I think McCarthy deserves another shot, but it doesn't need to be right away. Maybe not. Does it need to be as like a football czar? I would say certainly, mm, certainly not. That's interesting. Maybe watch some tape. Maybe yeah. catch up. A yeah, little bit. yeah, for sure. I, I think just in general, a lot of these there are a lot of attractive jobs, and then there are the Cardinals and the Dolphins, which I don't know why anybody would want to take either of those. Well, jobs. hold on, Dalton. I want to get your take on this, but because we're talking about McCarthy on today's episode of Mostly Football, which you can watch on Yahoo Sports and Complex Sports, um, we had Mercedes Lewis on the show, and the guys asked him what was it like this year in Green Bay. Did you, you know, with Mike McCarthy, with Aaron Rodgers and um, Mercedes Lewis said the first time he realized there was trouble, they were in a huddle. McCarthy called a play. Aaron Rodgers shook his head and said, nah, 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 nah. Here's what we're going to (laughs) do. Like change the whole thing Threw a 40 yard bomb. It was a completion. And Mercedes Lewis was like, oh, 
dang, like that's how that's th- how this, this goes is, here. You know, don't, he was in Jackson, and he even said like when he was in Jacksonville, you could kind of ex- quote express yourself in very free ways in that locker room, which shocks me not at all based on what we're seeing. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Leonard Fournette just quits on that. The whole thing is it gets his running backs coach fired. Like the whole thing is high drama. But I think that's going to be interesting, Dalton. Who do you want to see go to Green Bay, knowing that Aaron Rodgers well, wants? you would assume, a, a young, offensively-minded coach like the Bears have? I don't follow, like, college ranks nearly enough. My take on coaches, first of all, good poll is with uh, sleeping uh, Eric sleeping with enemy. He is an interesting <laughs> candidate. Oh, my main take with the coaches is I don't want to see Chuck Pagano, Mike McCarthy, Jim Caldwell, Hugh Jackson, <sighs> these retreads who just keep getting these interviews, and I just don't really understand the evidence we have in front of us of why you would want to go back to the well there and I just would like to see a new new blood. I mean, I'm fine with Jim Harbaugh. I like the 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 connection with the Jets because he's a he's a quarterback guy. So mm-hmm. I mean, Darnold, I, I like that there. But and the Bucks, I'm really interested in that situation. Obviously, Green Bay, but I don't have any like sneaky candidates personally. I just do not want to see these retreads anymore. I like Matt has a nice Green Bay take. I mean, I don't like it personally, but if you've got. Fangio moving over. Yeah, yeah. We see somebody like Vic Fangio go and become the defensive head coach and uh, become the head coach. Yeah, the defensive head coach. Yeah, yeah, right, right. He's he's a different type of guy in charge. And then we see like a a young offensive mind come in there as the play caller. Um, Yeah, that was my Niners guy when they were going to the Super Bowl with Harbaugh. mm -hmm. Fangio was a defensive coordinator. And they just essentially just like let him go when Harbaugh left. And now he's like the hottest coaching next game. I really hope he stays in Chicago. But that's also, oh my gosh, you guys, we're jumping ahead of ourselves and poor, poor producer. Or Brad is he's it's like a Jackson Pollock painting in here, but I'm getting ahead of myself and I'm going to continue to get ahead of myself because I want you all to be prepared for next week when I am divining this the Rams and the Bears play and I am at the game and it ends with me in tears regardless of who wins or loses. The Bears are who we thought they were. It sounds like dating. Just, you Can know, I borrow your sweater? Sure. Okay. <laughs> I got to wash it, though, uh, after nearly dying in it the last <laughs> last time we hung out. Um, also, I mean, so some interesting ones out there. You mentioned Hugh Jackson. He's a, quote, real possibility for the Vikings offensive oh, coordinator smart. job. Uh, talk about like an already volatile situation from what we saw be- between the team on the sidelines, uh, you know, in week 17. But also John Filippo is available. He's so available. But- I don't mind him going to Green Bay. I guess. I just didn't really. I mean, what did you see from him this year that. But how much of that was because he wasn't being appreciated, respected, supported, encouraged, etc. Like, That's very true. Also, I've said, I said all year, too, that the Vikings offense really is kind of just overrated from a personnel perspective. And uh, Green Bay, of course, would be much different. You've got our guy Todd Monken interviewing oh, with, the, yes. with the Bengals. That's an interesting one. Coaches are just so tough to evaluate just in general from the outside. I just think the, with those who have mounting evidence that they've just made such mistakes. You know, McCarthy with superstar quarterbacks. I don't just want to see why you would do that again. But anyway, sorry, sorry to cut you off. Matt. No, you, no, that you're right. And I mean, it's a mixed bag right now. And, and frankly, this is something that I think we have to wrap our heads around is that there's more jobs available than like really sexy coordinators and that are that are out there that could be head coaching. I think that's why we're going to see some retreads get out there. That's why we're seeing Cliff Kingsbury. I mean, it's wild that a current USC offensive coordinator who less than just fired. Who, who was just fired <laughs> yeah. as a Big 12 coach is now getting, you know, offers and interviews at least. That's the Arizona job, right? Like he's getting and the for- Jets, I think. Well, the Jets make sense because of the Darnold sure. USC connection. It just shows you what a different place the NFL is in. And again, I think 
we're going to be looking at some of these hires like, what? You they know, I mean, Adam, freaking Adam Gase is like still got the shine on him from three or four years ago or whatever, because he's he's out there interviewing for jobs. He's, I buy he, that one, though. I mean, I, I, I buy that I, one. Oh, like, I, I like him to Arizona. Frankly, he was high on Josh Rosen. I don't own any shares of David Johnson Dynasty, so I don't care about right. that backfield being split. But I, I think that Adam Gase is an, a really nice fit there. I don't like Gase. Why? I think he's everything that goes to Miami falls apart. Sure, well, it's that, all dirty. That's well. That's why I think it's the least attractive job because they don't know what the hell they're doing. They always turn. They either turn over the head coach or they turn over. The general, the front office, they never do it at the same time. This year, I think they're finally doing it at the same time. So I get that from perspective with Gase, but also I don't think he did anything inspiring in Miami. He did. What he, talent did he, he have? Consist- you, Ryan well, he Tannehill, Brock Tober. He what? shipped them. I mean, he doubled down on Ryan Tannehill. Then he consistently never gave Kenyon Drake a shot. I think to be a feature back this year. They never. I know Devontae Parker is mercurial to say the best but they were really hard on him they shipped jay ajayi out of town i think they got rid of a lot of talent there too they consistently ran a stale boring slow paced offense they ran a stale boring offense when every what like uh i want to say seven quarters would manage to do some gadgety play that won close games and shocked people so i feel like there is something in that dna were it allowed to in a petri dish perhaps grow and was properly cultured could could do something maybe but i also think he's I, I like think, that. I think he's like, oh, no, that would be great. Maybe he's a guy who's better in his second job, but he was definitely. So give him an OC position. He was definitely a little. Yeah, that that I, I'm fine with. He has an OC job, but a head coach job, I wouldn't give him again. I think he's kind of low key like Hugh Jackson a little bit. He's a snake behind the scenes, uses friends mm. in the media. And I know I know he's got friends in the media and that, that push his message out there. And I, I just think he just came off like a little bit of a jackass well, I, Okay, so if we're... Uh, I, I, see, I see both sides of you guys with Gase. I mean, he, it's, he has some random plays where he'll scheme that'll get players wide open, which are like very awesome. And um, I, I think coordinator there, he would stand out. But to me as a personnel guy, just he had no interest in winning, giving 150 carries to a 35-year-old running back. And I think Devontae Parker is going to be good wherever he lands. So I, I don't know about the decisions with the playing time there. Well, then let's... This is a good opportunity to segue because we want to talk about things that we whiffed on last year. And by your own admission, Dalton, one of those players was Kenyon Drake. So talk about it. Right. So among many uh, misses I had, I will just, yeah, good segue there. Uh, Kenyon Drake, I just felt the the best yards per carry after contract, uh, after contact uh, since they charted the stat um, last year. He just passed the eye test too. But yeah, just a disaster with usage. I mean, he basically was rendered pretty much useless in fantasy. And and I think you two are going to go with bigger names, but I want to be clear here. I was advocating taking Drake at the turn in the second, third round. I mean, I was higher on him than consensus very much. And what we're left with were 120 carries in 16 games. So there's no injury. I mean, I think he was playing a little banged up more there at the end, but that's really not to blame here. I just flat out miss misjudged how he was going to be used. And that was a big swing and a miss. I also want to give Dalton some props because while he did miss on Kenyon Drake, he did not miss consistently in terms of rankings throughout the season. He was one of the top 10 most accurate rankers of the 2018 fantasy fantasy season per Fantasy Pros. So congratulations, Dalton. Thanks for making us all look good. Thank you. I appreciate that. Thank you, guys. Again, I should have never suggested this thing. All right, (laughs) Matt, we talked about Arizona. Yeah, and there are plenty of misses 
for, for me too. But I think the biggest one was that I, I thought David Johnson was in contention. And, and I, you know, I took him in a few, at least best ball drafts where I had the 1.01 right up at the top of the draft. And I mean, I guess, I guess the lesson here is coaching and the assumption of rational coaching and that how that can be a very bad thing. So as we're here sitting here talking about, we don't always know what the effect of coaching is. I, I think we can say with pretty good confidence that somebody like Mike McCoy was not an inspiring <laughs> hire, you know, coming from and right. Steve Wilkes too. We maybe should have seen the writing on the wall there that, you know, that he was going to, the fact that he was just going to run out his defensive system, kind of wreck the one thing they had going for them. We should have seen more that, that coaching was going to be the issue there. But you know, this, this also comes to me and I, I thought about this for my next point being, being like what, what I'm going to do better next year. But one, one thing I have to be a little bit better on is my consistency and have, I got to make a damn decision about how I actually feel about the running back talent position or no talent. Is it talent or no talent? Because I was kind of in on Kenyon Drake because I thought he was really talented and I didn't believe the coaching staff when they said that Frank Gore was going to get carries. Uh, I believed that the talent of David Johnson was tr- was too otherworldly for them to do something so stupid as to not throw him the ball, not make him a receiver. But I was out on Joe Mixon because I thought, oh, I don't care if he's talented. I, d- I don't trust the offense. So I got to be a little bit more consistent with these with these running back decisions that I make. And, and you know, nobody uh, – The only, one of the only things I've ever gotten right that I've been proud of was that I was all out on Todd Gurley in 2016 when – uh, people at the network that I worked at were all over him as the 1.01 pick then. And I said he shouldn't go in the f- top five picks because of the crappy offense that he was going to play. And even if Arizona had been, even if they had been uh, smart coaching wise, it was clear they were going to be a bad offense. So I don't know what the hell I was thinking there. I was going against one of my own core philosophies. Uh, you know, what, what am I doing? But also what's interesting is that things can shift mid season, right? You and I have talked about this separately, like offline. I think I talked about this with you on the backyard barbecue Bob, Pike, whatever it was called. <laughs> like, like years and years ago, this is something we discussed because you can be I remember when everybody was hyped on Brandon Cooks and I was like, no, no, no. But then New Orleans midseason started using him differently. And then it works out. Yes. Derrick Henry's I was very high on Derrick Henry, had him on numerous teams. I remember someone tweeting out like everyone in the playoffs when Derrick Henry started to finally show up after he apparently texted with Eddie George and got some big tips. Thanks. Um, <laughs> run, run better. <laughs> right. Maybe lower your pads and just go for it. By then, my team was so far out of the playoffs. I remember someone tweeting like, oh, Derrick Henry winning all these playoff runs for, for people. And I was like, no, 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 they're playing for seventh place because that's where I was at. But so things can shift midseason. And so I think um, the player, let me just say, that I'm going to, that I whiffed on was Leonard Fournette, 100%. I bought into the narrative that if he slimmed down a la Le'Veon Bell and got healthy, he would um, have less weight on his joints and his ankles. He wouldn't have as much of an issue. He'd be faster. All of it would happen. I didn't take into account how he would condition if it would just be a bunch of diuretics, which would give him then soft tissue issues, Um, his effort level. The locker room potentially in Jacksonville, I completely whiffed on him. He just got, again, got his running backs coach fired. I, it's, I mean, obviously you and I were out three sheets to the wind on Sunday, yeah. uh, you know, not really in reality, but my God, like when, when did it happen that Leonard Fournette went from 
everything that the jet like the, the the establishment the pillar of what the Jacksonville Jaguars wanted to be to in week 17 the freaking head coach is putting out a statement like what Leonard Fournette did today was totally unbecoming unprofessional I'm like I, I don't, what did he do like that's something that you could have like not even made a public statement about and nobody would have said boo otherwise it would have not been a story for one second now they're trying to take his guaranteed money back from his rookie contract they they did. They did. Yeah. I mean, I mean that's they'll why file a, a grievance about right. it, of course. But I mean, is that guy going to be on the Jaguars no. next year? I don't think you can. I mean, I don't think that Dalton. What are your thoughts on this, though? Because obviously, Tom Coughlin wants to be the head coach of this team, right? And there, yeah, I will not. I will not forgive Leonard Fournette for his no show. What was that week sixteen at home against Washington when he had one touch in the second half? I was very high on him in DFS. And whatever the excuses were, oh, they're going to rest him at the time. It's like, oh, they're preserving him, preserving him for next season. They wanted season. to see Makes the rookie. A, they wanted to a, get reps right, on the rookie. Exactly. Right. A, a name, a name I didn't know at the time and can never, cannot even remember now That's either. Why I called um, him the but rookie. yeah, so Fournette, and who, who knows? I mean, I, I liked him too. I was with you, you guys. I, I led my AFC preview column with him. I, I was, a, I was on board with people aggressively drafting him. All the whatever the workouts he did in the preseason, just or the, uh, the off season, didn't translate into better health and. uh who knows where he even ends up playing next year. And no offensive coordinator in Jacksonville because Nathaniel Hackett got the boot. I can't believe that Doug Marone is going to stick around. I, I mean, to me, this is Tom Coughlin is going to coach this team from above and we'll see what OC they end up with, which OC they end up with. All right. So we like to improve, right? It's not just like, oh, I whiffed on this. And here's a shocker for everyone. We're all going to whiff again this year, but we're going to try new ways I don't of think whiffing. So. I think I'm going to you're gonna, you're get everything right next year. <laughs> I guarantee I'm going to whiff on some stuff. But speak for yourself. I'm going to try not to in a different way. We're always learning. Dalton, is there a, a, a New Year's resolution or approach that you're taking either as a fantasy player or prognosticator this year? Sure. Well, one thing I will say, I'll probably be, be willing to draft a tight end earlier than ever, but we'll talk about more about that probably as the season approaches. I'm going to take away from this year, I'll say I won't be so ageist with backs. I mean, we talked about Frank Gore. Mm-hmm. I mean, not that I want a 30-plus-year-old runner on my team, but I'm just not going to be so quick to assume injury with these boring aging veterans like blocking upside backs. I mean, not just Gore, but Adrian Peterson had the fifth most carries in the NFL this season. LaShawn McCoy still hung around. So I'm just going to tell myself not to be so flippant with the uh, clearly there's medical improvements and these running backs are lasting longer than they have in the past. I like that. Uh, That's one I think is is really smart. One thing I'm going to do, and this is less as an analyst, but more as a player, because I'm okay. I'm okay with what I'm doing as an analyst. I'm fine (laughs) with that. But I have not been a great fantasy player for the last, I would say, two years, especially. And I think my biggest problem is that I draft too many players. I need to be more like firm on like, these are the guys I want to leave a draft room with. Like, and, and this is, this is hard to do because everything is draft position, but I just want to limit my player exposure to in redraft leagues, especially in best ball. Sure. I'm a draft, you know, hundreds of different guys, all kinds of different combinations and collections. But the, the time that it comes at the end of August, I would like to have, not a not a small group of like five, but the guys I'm most confident on, I want to be aggressive about drafting. If I, if I have to draft them ahead of their ADP, like what I've noticed is just over the last few years, like the, the good teams that I have, they've all got the same type of guys, you know, like there's a certain amount of players that 
and also this goes to another one of my my points and what I've definitely started to believe more and more is like that the draft like hardly even really matters. Like if you get a few of these picks right, you, you did the right thing because for the most part, these rosters are going to look like 70, 80 percent different by the time you get to the finish line than what you had in August. Like if I blow it at running back, who cares? I'll find other I'll find ways to, you know, make chicken salad out of you know what. So I don't know. To me, I just want to be a little bit. What do you? It's chicken salad, a chicken. Shit. What do you give me that look for? I didn't. I've never heard that before. Oh, it's a thing. It's people. Okay. People say that, right, Brett? Sure. It's a. Okay. It's a thing. Yeah. It's a okay. thing. You, okay. I'm, I've never had it. Jeez. Well, I mean, I've eaten chicken salad. I've just never heard never it made out chicken of. Shit. No. Well, there you not go. that I wear. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, I, I just feel like to me, I want to be. I want to have more confidence on a small handful of guys, and be willing to be adra- aggressive in drafting them, and hope that it works out. So I think that that will make you a better fantasy player. But I also feel like when I do that, it makes me a worse fantasy analyst because I'm not paying as close attention to as many, like as close personal attention to as many different players. So it'll be interesting. It's an interesting experiment to see if it affects your professional outlook. Well, to be honest with you, I'll probably have forgotten. I just decided this like <laughs> in six in, months. In, 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 oh, um, no, like in six <laughs> hours, I'll probably have forgotten about this. So, Oh, I have to already hate aging running backs. Already hate <laughs> <laughs> Zero shares. I like, I've been thinking about this a couple of ways. Part of me, uh, what I wrote down was I want to trust my eye more. I liked Joe Mixon because I felt he was talented when I watched his tape. I felt like he could without even a great offensive line perform. And that was one of the main concerns about Cincinnati heading into the season. I also, therefore, was high on David Johnson because he is an incredible, um, you know, I I didn't like Alex Collins because I was like, I don't really, I think this guy's like a boring North-South, not very creative runner. So like, I guess... I want to continue to trust my eye. I believe I can evaluate talent better than most people. Holler at me, NFL. Holler at me, Rams front office. I'm available. Y'all need a mom too. Don't at me, bro. No, I said holler, not at me. There's a difference. Jeez. But but I also feel like what I sometimes did was get a little too cute, right? Like CJ Anderson, I was like, oh, Rob, Rivera's lying. He's not going to feed CMC. That's him trying not to give away his offense. No, what he said was we're going to run CMC. And then CJ Anderson, who I thought would be a sleeper, didn't do anything. But was CJ Anderson that great before? No. So I think like I wasn't trusting my eye. I was trying to get a little bit too cute, like trying to read between the tea leaves in a psycho babble kind of way. And so I, I want to do less of that. And I don't know, like I'll probably never be as great as a, of a fantasy player as I was before I became an analyst because I'm frankly too busy working on other people's teams and creating content to pay attention to the waiver wire. Preach. So, you know, waiver's clear and I'm like, oh, dang, that's that was yesterday. All right. Who's still around? You know, but hey, very fair. Should we talk about rankings potentially next year? The first three players off the board are Matt. Dalton, I basically had the same answer, but I, I said Gurley, Barkley, and then Zeke. And Dalton, you said Gurley, Zeke, and then Saquon. Yeah, Liz, you threw a different one in there. So what, what about your? Yeah, thank I God. did. Thank God, because this this conversation could not be like more like more worthless at this point <laughs> because it's like ah, three good three good running backs. But you threw a nice uh, wrench. I in did. There. Well, I thought about Zeke, and I thought mm, I don't know. Like we'll see what happens in the off season. But 
Gurley Saquon and then Mahomes because when I looked back at number of fantasy points accrued Mahomes was the QB1 by depending on your scoring systems like upwards of 40 to 50 points more than Todd Gurley the RB1 produced so like that swing of points and I believe he was significantly higher than who was the QB2 this year it's like Matt Ryan yeah it's disgusting like it's (laughs) are you kidding me all happened in like the last two weeks of the season it is Matt Ryan so like Mahomes posted 430 I'll round up fantasy points Matt Ryan 350 as the QB2 the RB1 as we all know is I'm sorry with Saquon with 338 RB2 Todd Gurley 336 but you've got Mahomes clearing so many more points and I think that the games also like part of fantasy is familiarity and the games that were televised that Rams game the Rams Chiefs game Mahomes was on I feel like he was on primetime every damn week so people came very familiar with him they watched the left-handed throws they watched him like extending plays and so I think there is now a love affair and the numbers back it up that he is going to be whether I rank him this way or not drafted within the top five all right. One thing I'd say about the about the running back situation is um, I, I, I don't think it's a clear cut that it's Gurley necessarily coming off injury. And, and Elliott had 40 more carries in the next best next most this year. And he sat out week 17, way more involved as a receiver. Barkley kind of comes down to what happens with Eli Manning. So I don't even think that's necessarily Gurley. I think the those three backs, each one has a case. As for Mahomes, what I'll say there, Liz, is you're right. He just totally stood out above all the rest there. I think that's why there's more argument for super flex leagues because mm. then you have a real decision there to have Mahomes first overall. So I think I think there's anyone should if you're if you're not interested, you haven't done that before, at least tip your toe into that. I think more and more leagues should go that route. I mean, this is I I, I feel like it. it's it's sacrilegious to say this because I mean I love Mahomes and like I'll worship at the altar for the guy. I don't care. I think he's incredible, but like. It's quite. Possible. He's the biggest candidate for regression. That's yeah, what you want to say. I don't want to. No, no, no. I, I don't want to say it. But your math brain is telling you. Yes. Now, do I? I think he is the most unique, you know, QB one candidate that we've seen because other guys, you know, Cam Newton comes out and has a clearly unsustainable season mm-hmm. when he was the QB one back in 2015. Watson last year. Watson, easy one to spot that that wasn't going to happen again. But the ability of Mahomes mixed with the infrastructure that he's in in the Andy Reid system you know which to me is you know bar none in the NFL the best and with a great set of weapons there I mean Kelsey will be back Hill and will a be bunch back. of aging quarterbacks on the other end of it you've got Roethlisberger Breeze may not play if he wins the Super Bowl Brady's entering yes. you know like there's other there he would be the odds on favorite to be the QB one but to what degree do we have that confidence? Because if you because if you take Mahomes at this spot and you pass up on him and he's uh, pass up on these running backs that are, are clear positional difference makers, and Mahomes is like QB five, just be, which is not bad at all. But then you you've kind of you made a huge mistake because the difference between like you said, whoever is QB one next year will probably be QB one by a big time margin like that. But if he's back there at the quarterback five spot, you, you, you've got bang here. Because I, to me, I, like I said, I think that he is different than all of these other cases that we've debated before. But it happens year after year that whoever you reach for at this, at this very replaceable position, it ends up being a big mistake. 
Well, this was the, I mean, the question was, who do you think the top three off the sure, board are sure. going to be? Not who are you ranking, right? And I definitely think that there is an argument for Mahomes to go in the top five, whether I, who, quote, is an expert, wait on quarterback, which we all in the industry tend to do. For this exact reason, right? Because yes. we're kind of nervous about... The, I mean, this is why, if you want to take it to a real football analogy, why the Giants are getting banged for passing on Darnold and moving towards Bark- Barkley, Saquon. Yeah, they'll figure it out, though. Don't worry. <laughs> Dave, Dave, Dave Gettleman's going to watch uh, watch the tape till his eyes bleed. Listen, he has opened it up. He is not being, like, staunch about Eli coming back. He's just going to, like... See what the universe brings him. Anyways, but no, it's a, it's a good discussion, and and I just I think it's one we're gonna have a lot a, of a million times, and we'll see so. what happens in the postseason. We'll see. All right. So we asked our followers which 2018 breakout player they believe will let people down in 2019 in this next installment of. And Code Brown said Lamar Jackson, year two defenses will adjust like they did with Tebow, RG3, Cap, etc. Either he will have to showcase his arm to keep them honest or he will struggle. I feel like this is a pretty fair point. It is, but I could also see some progress from from Lamar in year one to year two. Or you get him some receivers like Antonio Brown thumbing (laughs) his nose at the Steelers and staying in the division. Yeah, you really want to keep this guy in in the division. I really do. This is not going to happen, but you know, whatever. Uh, I, I, I think it's, I, I think we could see more progress from Lamar and you. I don't think he's going to be RG3, Tebow, any of these type guys. I mean, maybe the Griffin example, but. Well, there's a sustainability. Like how many times if you are trying to keep your franchise quarterback healthy, you're maybe not running him 17 times, letting him rush 17 times a game. Yeah, I know. Dur- durability is a concern with 17 carries a game from a quarterback. I don't think the previous high by QB was like 10.5 or something. But he averaged 80 rushing yards over seven mm-hmm. starts. I mean, that's equivalent to throwing two TD passes. I mean, he could have had four rushing touchdowns easily in week 17. I mean, one he lost at the one-inch line there. And then another 30-yard run called back on a holding that was completely inconsequential to go along with his two other rushing scores. First 21-year-old ever to start a playoff game this weekend. I'd be excited about Jackson. Of course, this all depends on prices. But yeah, to me, I'm looking for, for further growth. Will McLean, Dalton, says McCaffrey. I don't really think McCaffrey broke out in 2018. I think he continued his awesome fantasy campaign from 2017 and rode that wave. But he said no way he gets that kind of workload with a healthy Cam. Cam was hurt most of the year. Dalton, do you think Cam Newton's going to play in 2019? It's tough to predict anyone to get that kind of, you know, snap usage like CMC got last year again. But I have no idea what yeah, Cam Newton's uh, future holds. I mean, there are it's hard to see. Yes, I know he was playing hurt, but um, I don't know. Cam Newton wasn't that much of a disaster this season. I don't think um, I, I think Cam Newton may return and be healthy next year and there'll be more weapons and why that may result in fewer touches for CMC. There could be more TD opportunities. Sure. I think that's a fair point. I also feel like this is another player you're going to have to decide to draft at peak value this year. He returned on that investment at peak value and maybe he'll do it again. I'm not 100 percent sold that Cam Newton starts the season in September for these for for the Panthers. I don't I don't know if he's going to be healthy enough. I think we might see another Andrew Luck situation coming, but that's tangential. Hmm. And Matt's staring me down. So let's go to JK, <laughs> who says Philip I don't want, I don't like I don't like that. I don't like anything that was said in that I in that Will M- McLean uh tweet. Get that out. Get that tweet <laughs> out of my face. Philip Lindsay, he's extremely talented, but JK is worried defenses will continue to focus 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 on him. Focus uh without a better supporting cast. I mean, I don't know. Like, I think this is the trust your eye thing. He was real good. 
He was really good. Uh, super high yards per carry. I, I mean, yeah, and I think earned it too. Like, I don't think he is a fluke, but again, I, you got to ask yourself the question, depending on where he's going to go, is it worth getting into bed with this Broncos offense, which has a lot of what question marks do they have going? Wow, here's the question. What do they have going for it beyond Philip Lindsay? Well, they've got your boy Deshaun Hamilton, who I think can definitely take a step forward I next mean, year. Obviously, they've he's got an Cortland elite player, Sutton. but beyond, beyond they've got him. Cortland, they don't have a quarterback <laughs> and they don't have a play caller. Right. Who's who's the going to be the well, head coach there? Well, that remains there. to be seen, that but I don't think seen. you can just assume that Philip Lindsay is going to be truncated by like Royce Freeman next no, well, year. No, of course not. We're, we're talking about players that matter. We're not talking oh, about Royce Freeman. Do you hear that? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I just uh, like <laughs> the offense. The offensive line is broken there um, now. For now, yeah. No, I mean, it's a damn January discussion. Of course, there's a lot of for nows, but I'm saying this this could be one of the worst offenses in the league. I think it, I think it's also right up there with the Cardinals and the Dolphins and very unattractive jobs because who's going to want to go there and work with John Elway, the man who cannot be fired, uh, it just no matter what mistakes he makes, uh, and, and you're going to be the fall guy there. I, I don't see that as an attractive destination for one of these great young offensive minds. And to, and to me, I think it's entirely possible that we're sitting here, you know, and again, I'm looking a little farther down the line here. We're looking in July. This is one of the worst offenses in the league, and I'm not going to really want to invest in a starting running back there. All right. I hear that. Dalton, are you with are you with Matt on this? On one hand, Lindsay is 5'8", 190. I mean, that's pretty small. But um, I totally with you, Liz, as far as passing the eye test. I just kind of want to take a wait-and-see approach and see what Denver does at quarterback. I mean, that, that's going to be the main thing. Well, the that main is the reasonable thing, thing to Lindsay do, Dalton. Failure. Thank you. Thank you for being the coolest head that should prevail in this conversation. See, Matt, this is how you and I should. We should all try to be like 3D. What? <laughs> take breaths and a wait-and-see approach is exactly. I was like, I'm not going to try to get cute next year. What do you mean, Matt? So I'm already breaking resolutions. Hey, you need more tequila shots. Oh, man. Bring those and some Advil. Um, there's no Rock'em Sock'em with Brad and Andy this week because they're both on vacation while we're here coming to work hungover. Um, but that's um, for you to imagine what it I'm looks like. I'm not hungover. You're the only one that's hungover. I'm not hungover right now. I feel great. I so feel why great. do you keep talking about being hungover? You know what? I, I don't know what you're talking about. Um, needless to say, Brad ugh, won the Rock'em Sock'em Ranks competition, and now Andy has to pay for their five-star trip to Antigua together. Can you imagine, by the way, like Andy rubbing a little bit of um, suntan lotion no, on I, I can't. Brad's shoulders? <laughs> I can, Ro. I can. You can imagine, though. I bet when Brad is on like a beach vacation, he wears that hot pink zinc oxide on his nose. That you can imagine, right? Like, <laughs> like, yeah, your, come on, that. kids, let's get in the pool. Here's my beach ball, and here's my giant uh, those shorts. What are those called? The swim, the tr- board shorts. Is board that shorts. Yeah. yeah, where like <clears throat> you wear the boxers with them. Yeah. And- <laughs> I love when dads wear those on vacation. It's pretty fun. Uh, my favorite look. All right, let's talk a little DFS because obviously, if you're listening, you like fantasy so much that maybe you even like to keep it going into the postseason. We have a game, of course. Every week throughout the postseason, um, I'm going to talk bargains first, and I'm going to go first. I don't know if Kiki Cutie is going to play. It feels like he's almost played quite a while, though he was getting in full practices just earlier this week. Um, <clears throat> I like his chances versus Indianapolis. I think there could be a bit of a shootout here. The Colts have beat the Texans, I believe, 
twice already during the regular season. Both times they saw them. Demarius Thomas on IR, so there should be a good number of looks funneled Kiki's way. He's only $10. If he does play, I mean, maybe by the half he re-injures himself, but for $10, bucks, i will flex him. Uh, no, that's a good that's a good call because I mean their receiver core is just totally bereft of any any real options at this point. So they, yeah, they no, kind of need him. I'm, I'm staying in the same game. So I'm saying so I'm, I'm with you there. I mean both Indy and Houston have top ten paces. So that I mean that should be this weekend's highest scoring. Well, obviously the highest uh, total. Um, give me Donchell Inman yes. just fourteen dollars. Banged up, but scored each of the last two weeks. I mean, Houston, such a funnel defense. A number They finished number one ranked in run defense, DVOA, and they allowed the most fantasy points to perimeter receivers over the final month of the year. So give me some inman, especially at that price. And T.Y., even though he's been balling, he's still a little bit banged up. So there might be a preservation yeah, strategy right. walking into this yeah. one. What about you, Matt? Uh, in terms of bargains, I was looking at the tight end position because everybody's going to want to play. Zach Ertz, everybody's going to want to play. Well, because he's... We'll get to it. Who, who Don't gonna, answer my question. Who, who are you going to play? I mean, I'll tell you. <laughs> I, I, like, I kind of like Trey Burton in that same game. Revenge game, you know what I mean? Sure. I feel it. I feel it. I think that game could be interesting... I, I don't think it's going to be very high scoring. Mm-hmm. So, so there's that. The other guy I like too at tight end, and this was a position I was just don't, thinking about. Is don't do it, don't do it. Who is it? It's Mark Andrews from oh, that's the right. Ravens. You can say that. Okay, you know, <clears throat> I think he kind of emerged as as clear cut as the guy as you can be in Baltimore towards the end of the season. So, I think he's interesting in a game that I I could definitely see being a little bit more high scoring than it was last time around. I am I'm fading Zacherts at twenty four dollars. That is too expensive. You mentioned Mark Andrews. I like that as a bargain play. Also, if I was playing in a tournament, I might throw a dart for ten bucks at Mo Alley Cox's way. Houston is horrible against the position, and Eric Ebron can't catch everything. Although he has in the past this year caught everything. So I like when you have to like double caveat it. You know, in the past this year. Well, because I keep yeah. remembering that this, the year is over. But yeah, there's no way I'm paying up for Zach Ertz. Also, it has been, we have weeks of data now that shows that with Nick Foles under center, that guy loves to throw the ball up and just let Alshon Jeffrey climb a ladder and and haul in the contested catches. He's not throwing balls over the middle. I know, you know, two weeks ago, Zach Ertz had a huge target total, but I believe that game was against Houston. Which proves my point about throwing a dart at Mo Alley Cox. M A C Dalton. I like it. That is definitely going you deep. Don't have and to I like funnel it. You defense. just gotta go next. No. That's a funnel funnel defense. All right. So who, what, are we, what are we asking me for? A Bargain. fade? A fade fades, from fades. me? Yeah. Yeah, okay. All right. Okay. Fade for me. Russell Wilson, thirty-six dollars. I mean, it's just the most oh expensive quarterback on the slate. They're both run slow paces. They're just gonna want to run the ball like crazy. One of the coolest stats though is Tyler Lockett, who finished with a perfect passer rating when throwing in the right season, is. which is the first for a receiver with that many targets. That's pretty awesome. But I don't know, man. And this uh, uh, Lamar Jackson's the cheapest quarterback on this slate, and I kind of like Trubisky's setup there against the uh, the Eagles. So um, I, I would either go cheaper at quarterback and spend up on Zeke. Elliott in this game in this weekend's games instead yeah I was actually going to say those the the whole Seattle passing game in terms of the receivers too. Lockett is 18 bucks Doug Baldwin's up there at 22 and I think there's a lot more appealing options out there um I, I think that whole group makes for a pretty decent fade to be honest so I'm I'm, I'm kind of trail you on that one Dalton Chris Carson at running back at 25 bucks I think to me uh is is a good is a good look too I don't mind Gus Edwards at 17 dollars playing the Chargers either. I know Kenneth Dixon had himself a game, but you have to imagine that Baltimore's going to want to play some keep away from at, for at least the first half of the game. What about Lamar Miller? 19 bucks. 
Yeah. Oh, I don't know. It depends how the how the how the Texans are run blocking. That is such a, a hard line to trust. But you know what? We're going to have more of these conversations <laughs> throughout the year. You can follow us on Twitter and submit your questions to at Yahoo Fantasy. I'm at Liz Loza underscore FF. That over there is at Dalton Del Don. And of course, we've got at Matt Harmon underscore BYB. We'll be back next week with more daily fantasy and off-season talk. We out win big. Win big.